like a May camp, maybe 21. Um, um, so it's been a wee while. COVID's been a bit of a pain. So, so nice to be here. Um, yeah, so my name's Alicia. Um, I have, I arrived in February 2016 um, and landed in Blueprint. And now this community has morphed into this wonderful merge of four other communities, probably even more in the future. And um, I feel like <laughs> company definitely needs something. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, and so this place is like, like um, the renewed community is like home. Um, I feel like I, yeah, I just always feel blessed every time I come back into this space. Um, yeah, and so I currently work as a contractor for the Fatuora, which is the DHB, um, and as the chair of the Lived Experience Advisory Group on the Mental Health and Addiction side. And I uh, also do some of the work for Wellington Free Ambulance and the Police College, and yeah, I just love it. It's my actual lived experience that um, qualifies me. So that's the cool thing. Like, I don't have any formal qualifications except my life, so and I just I just feel like that's like actually all of us, um, and that's the testimony I think that God yeah wants us to live with to um, shout His goodness through that. Yeah, and so um, it really is a privilege for me to be here to share my story. Um, this is part testimony, part teaching, but really this is actually just a story of God's love, faithfulness, and peace in my life. And so I'm just really excited for that. Um, I will probably be talking mostly from this paper. I will be talking from all of this paper. So please, um, sorry, it's not so charismatic. <laughs> I just I need to focus on it. So yeah, um, cool. Um, so we'll just kick into it. Next slide. So today I'm going to be speaking on Philippians 4, 6 to 9. All of the scripture I'm using is from the New Living Translation. Um, so. Philippians 4, 6 and 9 says, Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you lived in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So, I was like, what is peace? So Google defines it as a few things. So one, freedom from disturbance, tranquility. Two, a stable period in which there is no war or a war is ended. Three, I found this quite funny. Anglicans know the peace to be a ceremonial handshake or kiss. <laughs> I was fortunately got this day anyway, um, during a service in some churches symbolising Christian love and unity. Um, no kisses for me, thanks. Or the Bible project says in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and in the New Testament, the Greek word is irene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. This word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a complete stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. 
Shalom refers to something complex with lots of pieces that are in a state of completeness and wholeness. It also goes on to say that Jesus' birth brings irony. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of irony. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. I know for myself, peace is a place where I can have hope and faith that God will be with me no matter what happens in my life. This wasn't always the case. It was quite the opposite. I've titled this talk, Cultivating Peace in My Recovery. You might be wondering, recovery from what? I've struggled with poor mental health and distress as well as addictions for a big chunk of my life. I'm now over three and a half years clean and sober and living with better mental health. type of recovery, yet I think we all live at times in a state of recovery. As Christians, we are recovering from the world daily as we follow Christ and not the world. And with COVID, we are now in a state of recovering from times of unknowns, anxiety, and a lot of worries. I think in these times, peace can be hard to find. I want to break down this block of scripture today with you, with you, how for, oh, I want to break down the scripture today to share with you how for me this scripture has been a foundational word of God that's aided me in building my life that I now live today, which I can say has a lot of peace. I'm going to go over each verse in this block of scripture and share some of the points that have helped and continue to help me cultivate peace. Not only the peace of God, but also to have a relationship with the God of peace. And it's a peace that's available for you too. Next slide. So, starting with Philippians 4 verse 6, which says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. And my NLT study Bible also goes on to say, Believers need not worry about anything because the Heavenly Father loves His children and cares about their needs and He has invited all His children to pray about everything. I grew up as a pretty anxious child with undiagnosed ADHD in a family that unfortunately did not have the tools to nurture me. To cope with my worry and anxiety, I decided pretty young that my feelings are facts and that this is how life is. School was awful. I couldn't make friends and I was bullied and abused and struggled to learn. I had a lot of messages growing up that I needed to, not, to be not seen and not heard and as a child who struggled to get her needs met, I concluded that I was unlovable. At a young age, I lacked any ability to know what I was feeling and thinking most of the time. I lived as impulsively as you could imagine because how could it be any different? I didn't grow up in a Christian home, however, my mum was a Christian and I did spend some random times within church spaces. Yet I always found the Sunday Christian hard. Are we meant to just have freedom in Jesus on Sundays? What about Monday morning when I have to go to school or work? Or Wednesday when I wake up from a nightmare? and I don't want to be alive. What about the other six and a half days? As I built on my relationship with God and let Jesus be my friend, I realized that I have access to a loving Father, whether I feel it at that moment or not, and He wants me to not worry, but pray about everything. Talk to Him about it all, not just the bad, but the good. Not just the urgent, but the easygoing. Not only the big stuff, but the small things. It's out of His love for us, that he wants to hear our needs, which he cares deeply about. And for me, it's hard sometimes to trust him. 
Next slide. Isn't a weakness, 
nor stops God's goodness. It doesn't change anything about God. It does, however, stop me from seeing the bigger picture in my life and where God is working. Focusing on this painful moment that goes past validating my current emotions, which is feelings are valid, but not always full of the truth, lead me into resentment, bitterness, and hopelessness. I realise that even through gritted teeth, and even though I don't feel like it, I can still thank God for what he has done, because I know that this painful moment will pass, and God is big enough to handle our situation, no matter how much we don't feel like thanking him. He knows that thankfulness grows in us, a capacity for compassion and peace, and the ability to see past our pain. We also don't need to carry it all on our own. Community holds us firm, and God's peace is bigger than our situation. Next slide. So, Philippians 4, 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And my New Living Translation Bible says, The life of trusting God, as highlighted in the previous verse, brings God's peace. I think God's peace is a gift, like grace. He offers it to us, but if we don't take it, open it, and find a place for it in our lives, we can end up not having this gift offered to us. I've got many life-changing moments in both my time in community and in my recovery, but one important life-changing one was a chat I had with Scotty, who's not here, where I had been discerning for a while, I think about six months, I think it was, about going into a rehab called Tanico. At the end of our conversation, he said to me, well, Alicia, something needs to change or you'll most likely need to leave this flat. When I tell you that up until that moment, any kind of rejection in my life would have sent me spiralling, reacting in anger as an understatement. But, that, but at that moment, a voice I know to be God said in my head, he's right, something needs to change. I went away for some respite where I spent a week away on my own and I prayed and prayed. I prayed for any other way. I prayed that God would just heal and fix all the brokenness in me so I didn't need to go away. This was one of the first times I experienced full honesty and openness in prayer. I was desperate to not have to go away. Fortunately, God loves me so much to not leave me where I was. Being in community, a community that loves God and loves their neighbour as themselves, broke through to me in a way I was able to start engaging with a loving God, not a God who expected me to live a life trying to be perfect, follow the Bible to a T, and if I don't, my suffering is my own fault. That was all lies, because God loves us completely just as we are. Next slide. He is a God who loves us so much, he doesn't want to leave us where we are, and a lot of the time it feels unfair, painful and pointless. What I've found to be important in these times is to be open and honest in prayer with him. It builds our ability to trust and grows our faith. And that's the soil where peace can be nurtured and grow. That choice of saying honestly to God how we feel. This is a hard time. I'm not having a hard day and I just don't know how to do this anymore. It's like that emptying of a bucket of the weight of your world. God then comes in and fills in the space with his peace. And as we choose to live in Jesus, that peace will start to guard your heart and mind. And it's a gift that the world cannot give. Next slide. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. 
The verse from Philippians ends with a promise from God that his peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. I think it's fair to say most of us know what a life far away from Jesus is. I always come back to how Jesus lived his life. He was loving to all people, he spoke with wisdom and grace, and that made the truth he spoke give hope to those who could receive it and hard to hear to those who needed it. He loved God with all his heart, mind, body, soul and strength and loved his neighbour as himself. When I think of how to live in Christ Jesus so that God's peace will guard my heart and mind, I go back to how Jesus lived and what he stood for, which is clear in Luke 4, 18. Next slide. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, and that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. As I choose to live in Jesus and believe what the Bible says, this truth overcomes any lies that the enemy tries to plant in us, which steals our peace. This truth becomes a guard for our hearts and minds, and I believe all of us, in one way or another, have experienced a lack of peace. Peace. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. This is what Jesus offers us daily. It's living and resting our whole lives in him, resulting in protection and peace over our hearts and minds. Next slide. So it goes on to Philippians 4.8, which says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And my New Living Translation Bible goes on to say, Paul urges the Philippians to focus on God's good gifts so that even during suffering and persecution, their lives will be exemplary and their minds and their hearts, sorry, and their minds and hearts will be filled with peace. So, on the 1st of April 2019, I started at Tanico, which is a Christian-based and run rehabilitation centre for addictions and other things that get in the way of living a healthy life. A big focus on their programme is that God created us all good in his image and that the things in our life, like trauma, abuse, rejection, maybe our parents weren't emotionally present or we lost someone we love, anything that we weren't able to process or work through becomes the driver behind why we do the things to avoid our pain. Next slide. I ended up in mental health services just before my teens. I started to self-harm and didn't want to live anymore. Drugs, alcohol, my mental distress and other things started to drive my life from a young age. All now I see is a way to try and manage my pain and suffering inside of me. A lot of that pain and suffering was from the trauma of my childhood. Next slide. So at Tanico, they encourage you to talk as much as you need to, to, when you need to, about the things going on inside of you. So this meant that if at 4am you wake up and you were triggered, you have to go find a staff member and speak about it. Which is challenging. What I learned was that all my unprocessed trauma was driving my distress, which drove my behaviour. I used anger as a defence mechanism to keep people away, and also as a false sense of control. These things robbed me of my peace. My suffering was so big, I couldn't see any goodness of God. But as I weeded through my life, I started to create space where I could experience God's peace. I realised I had been fixing my thoughts on all the opposites of what God is asking me in this verse. I was focusing on lies, 
hurts and rejections. And in recovery, it's important to do so for a time, to be able to process and work through them. Facing the unfaceable, which I know most, if not all people here, have things in their life that they have said, I can't ever face that, there's no point, it's in the past. These things take up space in us, that the true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable things of God that God says about us would be. I stand here today saying this like it sounds easy, but it's not. And I and many here can tell you it's so not simple, but the journey to full wholeness in Christ is worth it. The world wants you to believe that your worth isn't it. That your worth is in your identity, your work, your personality, how much money you have or what you look like. The world wants you to believe that you can find peace by its standards. But God says differently, and we must choose to believe what he says about us, not what lies the world wants us to buy into. The world doesn't offer us peace. It offers us an instant relief that's temporary and needs a high cost paid the longer it goes on. Next slide. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Throughout my recovery, I've had this scripture as a working step in which I will be able to cultivate his peace in my life. It's so hard not to compare to others all the things we don't have. And I can't say, just don't do it. But the more you choose to not engage with those lies, the lies of, I'll be happy when this happens, or I'll have peace and joy when I achieve this thing, you can cultivate God's peace right now just as you are by being brave and talking to him honestly. One other point I wanted to touch on is this phrase called spiritual bypassing. I first heard this one through, I first heard this through one of the best podcast series by my favourite author, Lisa Tukaris, called Therapy and Theology. I highly recommend it. Next slide. Spiritual bypassing is defined by a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds or unfinished developmental tasks. The term was introduced in the mid-1980s by John Wellwood, a Buddhist teacher and psychologist. When I moved to Wellington, I got into prayer ministry. I trained as a prayer minister and was very conservative, judgmental and legalistic. I lacked grace and I can now see it was it was because I thought all I needed was more God in my life and to follow, follow the Bible literally. Next slide. That to me was going to be the answer to my suffering. That was how I was going to be normal and have a good life. It did not work, though prayer ministry has been a big tool in my life and in my recovery. Back then I had taken it to this extreme because there were too many things that I couldn't face in my past. Things that were traumatic that I never thought I could face. I would use scripture or Christian lingo as a bypass to what was going on. A classic one is, oh, I've just given it to God, so now I'm good. <laughs> or, others have it worse than me, so I just need to be thankful. My intentions wasn't pure. It was to bypass what was really going on, and so it didn't work. It didn't create honesty with God, and it doesn't lead to peace. We also need to find that balance of trusting God with all our mind, soul, body and strength and also be willing and aware to let God lead us to freedom and healing, even if that means going to rehab for 17 and a half months. Thinking about the true, honourable and right and pure 
and lovely and admirable things of God that Paul is asking us to do with the lens of honesty and right intention with yourself will help you and it leads to God's peace. The Recovery Bible says this about peace. Next slide. Peace comes when we focus on those things that provide lasting value to our life. The more we commit ourselves to know God's will through prayer and study of his word, the better prepared we are to help ourselves and others in the process of recovery, and I think just supporting anyone in community. Next slide. So the final uh, verse in this block of scripture is Philippians 4.9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. My New Living Translation Bible says, Paul, everything Paul had taught them by word or example about the kind of life God desires. Tineco was like a plant nursery for me. It was a place where I could be stripped bare, planted in rich, healthy soil, and build deep roots of recovery to give me the foundations I need to live my life. A lot of my recoveries happened outside of this program. I graduated after 17 and a half months on the 5th of September 2020, and I'm still living there. I volunteer. <laughs> And I also have access to counsellors and people to help me continue in my journey. Next slide. This has been key to my success, if you want to call it that. I have to be daily and deliberate, which is where I, every day and deliberately, do the things that keep me well, keep me connected to God and community, and the things that help me build my strong recovery. It's not too much different to the rhythms that intentional community might have. Things that hold us when life is hard, boring, or mundane. Because let's be honest, life is hard and boring at times. And I think of it like it's 80% mundane, where we do the motions of life, like go to work, come home, cook, clean, do our prayers. And then there's like 10% great times and 10% not so great times. Which is not an accurate description, but it's kind of what I imagine. Um, it's easy to get too laid back and slack off when we are tired or bored, or for me, I just get over having to put into practice all I've learned in my recovery, which is feeling my feelings, validating my emotions but not getting stuck in them, forgiveness, grace for others and self, and the hardest thing for me, which is allowing myself to be loved and choosing to believe I'm worth loving. These things for me, if I don't work on them daily and deliberately, will steal my ability to not only have peace, but to have a relationship with the God of peace. This verse finishes with, then the God of peace will be with you. The inversion, compared to Philippians 4, 7, is striking. To have the peace of God with us is much, but to have the God of peace himself with us is more. Next slide. Paul says in verses 6 and 7 to pray and give thanks, and then his peace will be with us. Yet he goes on to call us into a deeper relationship with God by focusing on his ways so that God, who is the ultimate peace, will be with us, dwelling in us as we live our lives. I really want to share with you all a time of where I had the peace of God and the God of peace during my pain and suffering. I'm just going to have a drink, sorry. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. We can process this now. Yeah, I'm an aid on the Enneagram, so... This is like, for me, like high challenge, like, and I love it, so you're welcome. <laughs> so great. Sorry, Sevens. <laughs> Since the end of 2016, my sister Frances had been fighting cancer, 
and they caught her quite late, but she always seemed positive about it. I think in some ways I disconnected because the thought of losing my closest family was too much. I think this created a false peace. I struggled to come to terms with it. And as a way of coping, I didn't speak to anyone about it, really. I wasn't yet in recovery and I didn't cope with these things well. It wasn't until May 2020 when my niece, Frances's daughter Catherine, was then diagnosed with cancer on her 11th birthday. It was so out of the blue and unexpected. Next slide. I was just a year, over a year into my time at Tineco. They both had to move to Christchurch for at least six weeks because where they lived in Invercargill, they couldn't treat children with cancer and Catherine needed chemo. My sister in the middle of her own chemotherapy treatment had to move all her own treatment and all of this was at the end of our first COVID lockdown. I felt so incredibly helpless, being in rehab and in the middle of my recovery, I had no idea if I could cope. I was given special leave to go down and stay and support them both for 11 days, which leading up to I'd never prayed for anything like the way I prayed for their healing and that my own state of mind would cope with all that was going on. I remember just crying on the plane as I headed down, begging God for this not to be happening. That trip I was able to bless my sister and niece in many ways, but one way was just my presence because I was able to carry the God of peace. They had known me as pretty dysfunctional in the past and I had even caused a bit of trouble for my sister as a teenager. God blessed me with a peace and that gave me the ability to be present, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. A peace that passed all understanding. Four days after returning to rehab, I got a call that Catherine had contracted a deadly infection that was untreatable. Now I needed to get down as soon as possible because they didn't know how long she had. The way God worked in my worst fears that Catherine will die from this is just an absolute miracle in itself. And I don't have enough time to be able to share with you all that he has done in this moment. But when we invite God into the deepest painful parts of our being, there is a peace that does pass all understanding. God blessed me with friends who were able to be there for me in so many ways. Financially, emotionally and spiritually. The Blueprint community had a prayer weekend for them. And also friends who physically travelled with me and were there for me. <coughs> Having people who loved Jesus around me brought with it it's brought with it peace and faith in our God of peace. When Catherine died, I was beyond devastated and angry at God for not healing her. And it just brought up all the other injustices of my in my life. And the God of peace never left me once. I'll be honest, it did rock my faith. And even more so when Francis died in March 21. I knew God was real, but I wasn't sure if he was even loving. But even through this horrible season, the God of peace was with me. Through my doubts, he never left me. In fact, he blessed me with my close friends, my community, my recovery, love, grace, and the most important of all during this time, peace. I can look back and remember moments where I was ready to relapse, run away, meltdown, and end it all. It was almost like every time his peace and comfort would flood my body, speaking truth over me. Next slide.
inside. I have come to accept that in life, painful, horrible and unfair things happen, and there is an enemy who, at every attempt, will drag us down and kill us. I've just had to find peace in that God is good, and sometimes things happen, and I don't know why. And God is still good, and my grief is real, and so is the peace of God and the God of peace. That's a choice I make daily. This is where I find the peace that gives me the strength to be brave in the face of anxiety, pain and suffering, and trust God by holding the hope that he is working all things out for good. Next slide. I just want to leave you all with this. Peace can be found in the midst of your circumstances right now. You can come, just as you are, to our loving Father. He is the God of peace and he wants to dwell inside of us. Peace isn't always an instant in the moment that we so need it. Yet as we keep on trusting God, being honest in our prayers and intentions, giving thanks for what he has done or not yet done, and putting into practice the things he asks of us, not only will we find peace, but we will receive the God of peace who protects our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. He is our ultimate form of peace. Um, that's it. Thank <laughs> you.